Hey everybody, The War on Israel Part 4. It's the Great Reset Hidden Agenda on Grand Fork's Best Source. Our show today, brought to you by Churchill Shoes. October is SAS Month at Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Churchill Shoes is in their new location, and all SAS shoes are on sale all October long. Churchill Shoes has been in business for over 65 years and know what the best shoes are for your comfort and well-being. It's SAS Shoes. Churchill Shoes can cater to all your footwear needs, whether men's or women's shoes, from slim to triple wide. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturdays from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or go online at churchillshoesnd.com. SAS Shoes, your feet will be glad you got them at Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, if you have any questions or comments uh, for myself, David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition, or Paul the producer, our phone number is 701-213-0863. You can follow us on Rumble now, too, all right? All right, let's do it. On this Halloween Tuesday, our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. This one was actually given to me by somebody else, not my neighbor. Here we go. Why don't monsters eat ghosts? Why don't monsters eat ghosts? Because they taste like sheet. <laughs> Sam gave me that one. Okay, um, here we got this one. Let's see if uh, da- uh, David or Dale didn't get this one. Dean, whatever his name is, he didn't get this one earlier. Uh, I'll, we'll, I'll try it on David. Um, knock, knock. Oops, try this again. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ah. Ah, who? Werewolves of London. Over the Warren Zevon song, Werewolves of London. You know, we're going to no, have to play sorry. it for him, too, Jeepers. Sorry. Anyway, all right. Uh, here we go. Um, I'll do my little thing here. Uh, first off, I'm going to talk about Sleepy Joe's approval rating or disapproval rating. Dropped four percentage points in October. I didn't think the guy could drop anymore, but he dropped four more points. He is down to 37% now. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, we need to turn that down. In his first act, I don't know if you uh, heard this, new speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, he's using Israel to pick a fight with Joe Biden already. Uh, Johnson wants to pay for aid to Israel by slashing $14.3 billion from the IRS fund. Take a little money there. Give a little money here. Joe doesn't want that. Um, <laughs> did you see Kamala Harris? Uh, they were asking her questions. She was sidestepping. I mean, she was almost dancing up there when they were asking her about Joe Biden's future. She said, well, I don't have time for parlor games. And said, Joe Biden is very much alive. And that was it. (laughs) it. Or does that mean she considers Joe Biden a parlor game? Well, I think she's played plenty of them. And maybe that's why she doesn't have time for him anymore. I don't know. I I don't know. You know, if he passed, would she be better than him? I don't think so. No, no way. The worst of of both worlds, no matter what you do. Um. Yeah, I know. Actually, uh, no, no offense to janitors, but I know a couple janitors who could do a better job oh, than yeah, him. Yeah. Than both of them. Mm-hmm. Than both of them put together. They're custodial engineers. <laughs> yeah, and I think that we need a good custodian of our country right now, and we mm-hmm. don't have one. Yeah, yeah, we don't have one. You know, really, all it takes is uh, somebody who loves this country and who's committed to following the Constitution and doing what's best for America. 
And then the rest of it, I think they can figure out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't do a lot worse than what we have right now. You know, do you agree? Um, I was watching uh, one of the Trump speeches the other day, and and, and he had said um, that this whole thing um, uh, over in the Middle East would not have happened if he was president. Uh, The Ukraine and the Russian war would not have happened if he was president. Do you agree? Um, I, I, I think that's a very strong likelihood mm-hmm. that would not have happened if he was, if, yeah. if President Trump was in office right now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, because, well, I mean, it's possible. Here's the thing. There's a tremendous hatred of Israel and the Jews that, that uh, continues to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's what Hamas is all about. It's the same as, I mean... The PLO, Palestine Liberation Organization, um, there are how, how many different organizations are there that are against Israel? I mean, that's their full-time goal is to eliminate Israel. Yeah, a, a lot. Uh, and yeah, and so um, so they might have done it even if Trump was president, but but they probably wouldn't have just because the position that that these Arab, radical Arab Muslims take is that you don't attack when you're weak or you don't attack when your enemy is strong. Mm-hmm. You wait until they're weak and then you attack. They see President Trump as being very strong. So I, I, I think to answer your question directly, uh, no, they probably wouldn't have attacked. Really, if, quick, okay. oh, oh. really quickly, just be... Just before um, we get too far, much farther, because I, I was going to mention this when you are talking about Biden and Harris. Yes. And I heard that they were sent by God. And so somebody asked, why did he run out of locusts? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good one. <laughs> would be a good joke yeah. of the day. That was uh, a good yeah. one. I like that. <laughs> uh, you know, when you mention uh, Israel not being too liked, there's 28 UN member states that don't even recognize Israel. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Uh, not to mention uh, Egypt, Syria, Iran, Jordan, Turkey, PLO, Hamas, yeah. Fatah. Hezbollah, they all yeah. do not like Israel. No, they hate Israel. Yeah, they hate, they Israel. hate Israel. Yeah, and that's not to say that every Arab hates Israel because uh, that's not true. Right. Um, there are, uh, as I mentioned on the show last week, there are actually Arabs and Jews who get together to worship Jesus because they're they they've both found who who the real Messiah is. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they want to be. Most of the Arabs, even I think in that area, just want to live their life and, sure. and you know do whatever they do, and and it's certainly true of of Israelites, but this faction that wants to just destroy Israel, and they get other people, you know, all the, the crowd mentality begins to kick in, and so uh, so so it's it's bad, and it's not going to stop until Jesus returns. I mean, it's not going to get, it's really not. Yeah. It, it's, at some point, it's going to get very, very, very bad, which I'd like to talk about today. By the way, I just want to ask, because we've been experiencing, te- I've been experiencing technical difficulties since I started getting ready for this particular mm-hmm. segment of... So we shed them to your place. <laughs> yeah, they, like my computer, I mean, just wigging out as I'm making my final preparations for the map that I had all beautifully ready to with with nice little animations and everything and uh and now it's uh, and all of a sudden boom it just wouldn't work so i thought well i'll just print one out i'll print out a 13 by 19 inch map and i'll draw on it with a um you know a marker to to illustrate my points 
And then my computer locked me out. I couldn't even type in my password Ouch. because my keyboard stopped working. Mm-hmm. And I, could, eh, I shut down. The, anyway, so, uh, so yeah. So as I said before, this is, it is a spiritual battle. We're talking about spiritual stuff. We can talk about the physics and the geography all day long. Speaking but, of, um, but the bottom line is it's a spiritual battle. Speaking of uh, computer, Dale, do you want to try to go to that display really quick? Yeah. Let's see, if, see if this is going to work. All the way down. There you go. There it is. Hey, what do you know? Okay, so can we can we switch seats? Yeah, when you're ready for the laptop. Okay. Are you ready for it right now? Uh, pretty quick. Okay. Yes, when, sir. When you're ready, we can switch. How how easy is it, uh, Dean, to switch back and forth between? But can, you, can you? Just let me know when you want to go to the laptop, and and uh, I'll pick points. Go back to you. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, Let's, um, maybe we should just, maybe we should, let's see, sorry about that. Maybe we should just, maybe we should just do that. Okay, well, I'll switch your thing. Grab your uh, headphones. Well, well, I get, I get to go in the fancy spot. We can, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can do a couple of extra jokes of the day or something while we do. Did you hear the executive order he passed a couple days ago on AI? Kind of halting his progress no. a little bit? Uh, saying like they wanted, he wanted to issue an executive order. I can find the exact verbiage online, uh, preventing it from like companies using it to replace jobs. Essentially, to kind of, I'm sure you've heard that making the rounds in uh, recent months since ChatGPT and AI, generative AI businesses have been using it to replace uh, actors who've passed away in movies or animated shows. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. so he, they're kind of they want to examine all the options of that. So I, I saw that in the news. Just like it, it was, he just issued the executive order like a day or two ago. I was um, actually just having a conversation about uh, AI yesterday, and there's uh, something that is. I mean, there there do need to be regulations on it. Because right now you can use like ChatGPT and you can ask it questions and it, you know people are college students and high school kids are using it to write papers for them, you know, so they don't have to do the work. But the thing that's scary about it is that now if you look at it from like two generations down, if they're asking ChatGPT say like something historical, but the ChatGPT AI is controlled by China, right. they're going to rewrite history. <clears throat> And so two years down the road, kids are going to think that, you know, whatever ChatGPT told them was true. It was true, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, China's already, well, I can't say China. Our history books have been being rewritten for the last 20 years, mm-hmm. if not more. And so, I mean, this whole idea, did you just hear about the, the, the there's this big bronze statue of uh, Robert Lee Lee in, oh, yeah. uh, was it North Carolina? Something like big that. Big bronze yep. statue, yeah. Yep. And they just quiet. And they first they removed it, and then they quietly took it to a foundry somewhere and chopped it up into little pieces and yeah. melted it. Yeah. And they're going to use that bronze to make a more a more friendly statue. Jeez. Something that'll make people feel it's good. J- all it is is freaking history. I mean, come on, man. It's just our country's history. Yeah. And that is more important than ninety nine percent of Americans realize. If we yeah. lose our history, we lose our we lose our identity. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We we if we, if we don't understand that white men fought and died to free slaves, we're we're mm-hmm. done as a nation. Because mm-hmm. then they then the people that want to destroy us will rewrite that history to suit themselves, and they don't want people knowing that white. Free white men fought, they gave their lives, they fought and died 
to free enslaved yep. black men. Well, yep. not only that, but I mean, you look at it, what we're talking about today. Now, all of a sudden you have, you know, like my kid, my children, like five-year-old, and say when he gets to college, he's going to find out that, oh, those Israelis, they were so terrible to the Palestinians when that war happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's what they're going to think. Yeah. Right. That my, my son, uh, my youngest son, took some classes. We homeschooled all three of our boys because we wanted them to get a real education. Uh, and, but, but one of them took some classes in, uh, at Central anyway. And my, my youngest son took some classes there. And he came home and started telling me what he was learning in, I think it's, what is it, uh, world, it's not, they don't call it world history, they call it global ed, I think that's what it is. And the stuff that he was telling me made, um, here's what the teacher said up front. He said, now listen, we're going to be looking at all the different world religions and, you know, what they believe in. He said, we can't, we can't, you know, we're not, I'm not here to promote one over the other. We're just going to just look at what they believe, where they came from, and that's it. Okay, so, okay. So they did, I think, a, a, you know, a day on Judaism, uh, a couple of days on, on Christianity. They did Hinduism. They did Buddhism. They did all. And then when it came to Islam, the teacher, I think he said they spent three days on Islam. And the teacher said, so in Islam, they have what they call the five pillars. And it's really neat. Here's how it works. I said, wait a minute. He said it's really neat? Yeah. He was all excited about it. I said, when he got to Christianity, did he say, that was really neat? No. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. That doesn't seem like a dispassionate view with no prejudice or no promoting one over the other, does it? Does that seem like that to you, John? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I if mean, I said, hey, John, uh, we got a couple of uh, beverages here I'd like you to try out. We got, uh, we got Coke, we got Pepsi, 7-Up, and Dr. Pepper. And you know, Dr. Pepper is really neat, but I'm not going to make any, yeah. I'm not going to promote one over the other. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah, and how does all of a sudden they know so much about that? Yeah, right. I mean, is he an expert? Ex yeah. In order to call it neat? Kind of makes you wonder. Neato, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, John, I have a question for you. Just, um, just a technical thing. Because I've, <laughs> That's going to be funny. Okay, <laughs> I've never, I've there's, never. There's jokes my neighbor tells me here. I okay, what? Well. No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I've ever sat in this chair before. Hmm? Uh, I mean, almost three years I've been sitting in that chair. Yeah. So when I start to talk and you hear my voice in your headphones. Do you really want to push the button for because you're basically calling the shots yes, in terms of which yes. camera? It, you're going to want to go to Absolutely Paul. Absolutely, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've already caught myself trying to do it like three times. So, so I just want to so hats off to uh, to John for keeping us straight because he'll hear me talking and he'll go to you, yeah, or or he'll go to me and then he'll. He had to really do some <laughs> mental gymnastics to get there. Just want everyone to know that. Uh, all right. We'll make but this, this work. But this is good. So thank you, John. I appreciate your efforts on that. Um, this will be good because now I can. So the problem was we had a, we didn't have a, a, the cable, I guess, was too long, right, to yep. go from my laptop mm. to the thing. And so now we've got, uh, I shouldn't even say the thing because that reminds me of Joe Biden, um, to go from my laptop to the computer. But we've got a shorter cable that will actually reach from this seat, just not from that seat. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the transfer of information by trying to go to the capture card at that long of a distance. It just right. won't, it won't register. You're right. And you know what's funny? I actually thought, should I bring that? I've got like a 20-foot cable. I thought, should I bring? Nah. No, he, he'll, they'll be ready. 
everything is going to work fine. Oh. But that was stupid because nothing's been working in this whole ever since I've been trying to prepare math. <laughs> no, you you don't know what's stupid is I just realized that we didn't even need a cord. We could have just we could have just done this through Ninja because you can just you could do a share your screen just oh. like we do with a camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we we so would that be so so that'd be over over Wi-Fi? No, I, I would send you an email link. Ah, yeah, and, <laughs> fun text stuff after the show. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. I'll show <laughs> okay, you after the good. show. But yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that. I mean, you could you I could literally okay. be at your home and I could it's have okay. shared it. So anyway, <laughs> that's great. All right, well, listen, I just thought I thought it would be good to you asked me last week, uh, Paul, to give kind of a summary of what we talked about the last time and the kind of the history. And I, and I gave a little bit longer, more detailed summary than you wanted, but I thought that today it would be good to just, just to put things in context before we go to the map, um, to just given, I I talked with someone at church uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday, and I was amazed at how, and he's a really smart guy. But I was amazed at the level of ignorance that there is about Israel and the Middle East and how it all got to be where it is and the amount of the effectiveness of the propaganda that's being pushed by the radical Arabs who are trying to destroy Israel. Uh, they'll, never, they'll never succeed because God said that's not going to happen. But um, they've, been, they've been promoting propaganda and they've got millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to do it through the oil money that they have. And so they've been very effective at brainwashing a lot of people around the world and in the United States with um, lies about what happened in the Middle East. And so, so, I, so I thought we'll just start with a, a really quick rundown of, of how it all came about. I mean, they were, the Middle East was populated in different areas by different people, you know, uh, Canaanites were one of the groups, and they lived in the land which the Bible refers to as Canaan. Okay, it's a beautiful land, a very, very fertile place. And um, but, but God came to a man named Abram, whose name he later changed to Abraham, and he said, "I'm going to make a covenant with you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make a great nation out of you." And as we discussed before, actually made two because Abr- Abram slept with his wife's handmaid. Hagar, an Egyptian, who by her design, Hagar, his wife, I mean, Sarah, his wife, said, here, take my handmaid so you can have children by her. She didn't believe that God was powerful enough to put a child in her womb because she was like 80 years old, right? So anyway, uh, but God did. He said, no, no, I'm going to make my my covenant with your son that's going to come from your wife, Sarah. And so he did that. So Abraham, when Abraham was 100 years old, his wife, Sarah, gave birth to a son named Isaac. And Isaac then married a woman who gave birth when Isaac was 60 years old. And Isaac's son was named Jacob. Okay. God later changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel, which means wrestles with God. And that's, that's a whole other story in itself. But we're going to try to do the very, very short version, right? This is the summary. So Jacob had, or Israel, had 12 sons. And one of those sons was a young man named Joseph. In fact, Joseph was the youngest son. And Joseph had dreams. And Joseph was given dreams by God uh, that were prophetic. And, um, and Joseph sometimes shared his dreams with his brothers. 
And uh, his brothers uh, often didn't like that because it made Joseph look good and it didn't make them look so good. So eventually, they got, they got really ticked off with him and they sold him to some slave traders. And he was eventually sold into slavery in Egypt. In Egypt, he was falsely accused by a high official's wife of trying to rape her. In fact, she was trying to seduce him and he wouldn't go for it because he feared God. And he said, yeah, that's going to make God very angry. I'm not going to, I can't sleep with you. You're married. You know, and so she screams and, uh, and says that uh, he tried to rape her. So anyway, they throw him in prison. And while he's in prison, um, it turns out that he has this ability to interpret dreams. And eventually... Pharaoh calls him because he has this terrible dream. He can't understand it. And he calls him and he interprets the dream. Uh, it's about uh, fat cows and skinny cows and, and fat corn and skinny corn. So anyway, he interprets the dream. Not much has changed. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he basically tells, he tells the king that, uh, that his dream is, he's got seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. And so he, he says, look, you're going to have Seven great years, seven years of, of abundance uh, where the land is going to be very prosperous. You're going to produce lots of crops and you're going to have lots of, uh, you know, lots of, uh, it's, it's going to be plentiful food. But that seven years of plenty is going to be followed by seven years of famine and, uh, and a terrible time. And, and the king is like, whoa, so, so what, what do we do? And he says, here's what you do. You store up food and grain, store up everything that you can during the really great years so that when the lean years come, you'll still be able to uh, feed the people of Egypt and people from other countries will come here and you can sell to them too. And then you'll get rich because you'll be the only one that has food mm -hmm. because of this famine. So he, he, he literally puts, so the, the, the head guy in Egypt puts Joseph in charge of everything. He basically says, you've got so much wisdom. You've got wisdom from God. You're going to run the whole, my whole kingdom. And he does. But when that Pharaoh dies, then another, and then, he, and, and so Joseph brings his whole family in. They become very prosperous. It's like 70 people at that time. But they continue to multiply. And, the, and the, the Israelites, as they become known, because they come from their descendants of Israel, they become very, very numerous in the land. And then a new Pharaoh comes to power. And he doesn't know Joseph. And he doesn't realized that Joseph saved Egypt. And he looks at all these Israelites living in Egypt. <clears throat> they're not Egyptians. They're foreigners. And he gets scared because he says, what happens if some other country, maybe the Babylonians or the Assyrians, decide to attack us and these Israelites join them in attacking us? They'll defeat us. So I got to do something about this. So he makes, he issues a decree that every male Israelite child that's born is to be thrown into the Nile and drowned. That's bad news for the Israelites. And they, 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 they do that, except for one woman who really trusts God. She has faith in God and she gives birth to a boy and she makes this little basket, this little... <clears throat> waterproof basket, like a little ark. And she puts the baby in the ark and she puts him into the Nile 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and he goes down that aisle, and, and her sister watches his sister, her, her 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 daughter, <clears throat> older daughter watches, and the and it goes by, and one of Pharaoh's daughters is bathing and sees this baby and says, "Oh, the Nile God has given me the child that I always wanted," and so she draws him from the Nile and she names him Moses, which means taken from the water. Okay, so Moses. <clears throat> by the way, did anybody watch the Ten Commandments? Since the last time? No, not since the last time. You've seen it, though, but you've seen it, right. Okay. So, so Moses, Moses is a, uh, he's, he's Jewish, but he grows up in Pharaoh, he grows up in Pharaoh's court. He, uh, he has all the luxuries that, I mean, he's, he's a prince and, um, and yet he sees at this time, this bad Pharaoh is oppressing all of the Israelites and for they're doing their forced labor and they're being beaten and they're treated terribly. And at one point he sees one of the taskmasters really abusing, uh, beating one of the Jewish slaves. And Moses goes to defend him and ends up killing this guy. And, uh, and then Moses goes, huh. Uh, that wasn't so good. They do have a law there. So Moses buries the guy in the sand. And then, um, and then the next day, he sees two Israelites arguing with each other. And he goes, and he says, brother, what are you doing? They're fighting. They're, he says, what are you doing? Stop this, stop this. And, and one of them looks at him and says, what are you going to do? Kill me like you did the Egyptian? And then he realizes that news got out and he flees to Midian. He just literally packs up and leaves because he could get in big trouble. Mm. <clears throat> and while he's there tending sheep in Midian, God appears to him in a burning bush. We've all heard that story. Yep. And God says, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And so, so that happens. And then the 10 plagues comes to Egypt because Pharaoh won't let them go. <clears throat> Eventually he does, and Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt. And then they wander around in the desert for 40 years because they're grumbling and they're they're, you know, making false gods, and so that's trouble. Hey, uh, Dean, what's the name of that Christian Bale movie where he plays Moses? Oh, off the top of my... Uh, I'll look it up here. Give me a second. Okay, thanks. Okay, so, so we'll get to the maps in just a minute, um, but, but, but what... Exodus, Gods, and Kings. You'll have to watch that movie. Exodus, Gods, and Kings. Okay, so... So Moses is in the process of leading the Israelites into the promised land, right? And that's what it's called, it's called the promised land. And, but because of the Israelites grumbling against God, I mean, they're saying things like, what did you do? You bring us out here in the wilderness to die? We had it better in Egypt when we were slaves. <laughs> that, you know, that wasn't pleasing to God, who's trying to bring these people. So anyway, they wander around for, for 40 years. <clears throat> they're disobedient. Um, Moses strikes. Anyway, they finally send, they come to the place where, where they're going to inherit, get this land, and they send these 12 spies in to look at it, and they come back and say, oh, there are giants in the land. And there are actually some called the Nephilim, which are half human, half demon, uh, but they're giants. And so, they, so they're scared, and they don't think they can do it. So they wander for another, like, 40 years. And eventually, they, have, they send these new spies, and one of them is a, a, a guy named Joshua. You've heard of him. And Joshua leads the Israelites, literally leads them into the promised land. Moses is dead. He leads them into the promised land, and now they're there. Then 
God gives, you know, through Moses, gives them the Ten Commandments so they know what they're supposed to do. They've got the, 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 the Mosaic Law. But they become disobedient again, and so God punishes them by bringing in the Babylonians and the Assyrians to conquer the land, and so they do. And so, uh, but he's, and, and some of them are, 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 you know, taken captive, but God says it's a limited captivity of just 70 years. And sure enough, after 70 years, they, uh, they get free and they, they're, they're restored to, to the land of Israel. The land is now called Israel. It was Canaan. Mm-hmm. It's now Israel. <clears throat> and then the Israelites become disobedient to God again. So you would think, why does God bother with these people? <laughs> right? I mean, they keep blowing it. He keeps doing miracles for them, and, they, and they're happy for a while, and then they go back to their old ways and disobey him, and, and then he punishes them again. This is all documented in Scripture. But because God is merciful, he continues to, yeah, okay, so now I'm going to punish you again, and then he'll have mercy on them again after they repent. <clears throat> well, then this time... They become disobedient again. This time God uses the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire comes in and establishes its dominance in Israel, the land of Israel, in 86. So 686 years after Jesus is born. And, and it becomes so oppressive to them that they finally rebel again in AD 66. And when that happens, the Romans have to really, really put them down because they're rebelling as a nation against the tyranny of Rome because life under Roman rule was unpleasant for the Israelites. And so they, Rome has to put them down again, or they think they do. So they, uh, they raise Jerusalem in 70 AD. They destroy the city of Jerusalem, and they destroy the temple in Jerusalem. Do you remember when Jesus said, <clears throat> as they're walking through the temple and, the, and, and the, his disciples say, look at these beautiful buildings. And they are, they're beautiful. The inside of the temple was actually, um, had the walls were plated with gold. So there's gold. It's all gold on the inside. And Jesus said, <clears throat> a day is coming when this will be torn down and not one stone will be left upon another. Not one stone, not one brick will be left on top of another brick, which was incomprehensible to them, this beautiful, huge, magnificent temple. And what happened was, at one point during the siege of Jerusalem, the Roman soldiers pushed a bunch of Jews, hundreds, maybe thousands of Jews, into the temple and, 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 and barred the door and then burnt it to the ground. So the temple was burnt to the ground, and the gold inside... Uh, melted and it ran down the walls. And so then the, jo- the, the Roman soldiers are going through and they're knocking stones off of other stones to get to the gold that went in between the rocks, right? In between the bricks. Uh, fulfilling the prophecy that Jesus made that not one stone will be left upon mm. another because they're trying to get to the gold. So uh, in that, during that time, 1,100,000 Jews died. Uh, either through starvation or through the sword. 97,000 were carried away captive, and Jerusalem became uh, pretty much emptied of Jewish people. There were still, throughout Israel, little pockets of Jewish settlements where the Jews still lived. But for the most part, most of the Jews were banished from the area known as Israel and, um, and Jerusalem. 
So, I'm going to get to the map here in just a second. Well, while you're doing yeah, that, yeah, why don't yeah, you... Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Break time. Is there already time for that? Yeah, it sure is. Hey, you know, there is, uh, well, nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Oh, for heaven's cakes. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Best cupcakes or cakes for any special occasion or maybe just a treat. Walk in and find out more. Uh, but I'm warning you, you probably will not want to leave the place. Or for Heaven's Cakes, they're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE or you can go to oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Oh, the war in Israel... Sorry, get those scary cookies before they're gone today. Oh, yeah, look at that. We're in Israel, part four of the Great Reset, Hidden Agenda. And, and you know, I was going to ask you, David, or yes, why so many conflicts, wars over in the Middle East? I mean, okay, we got the, the Six-Day War, the Iran-Iraq War, Suez yeah. Crisis, Gulf War, 1982 Lebanon War, the Lebanese Civil War, uh, the 1948 Arab-Israeli War, the Iraqi War, the Syrian Civil War. It's like it seems like the Middle East is always at war or some kind of a conflict. Right, and that's a great question, John. And so the answer, we actually, so just to come back to that, um, when Hagar had her son, who's named Ishmael, which means God hears, right, or God sees, mm-hmm. um, he, El means is God, is the name for God, right? So it means God sees or God hears uh, because, um, or has heard. Because, because she was crying out. And, he, and so here's what it says. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child. That's Ishmael. Ishmael became the father of, of the entire Arab nations, right? All the Arabs in the world mm-hmm. are descendants of Ishmael. Uh, the angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child. You shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed or has heard of your affliction. And here's the answer to your question. And he will be a wild donkey of a man, his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. So this is someone who's just ready to fight yeah. all the time. He's ready to fight. And, and so why all these conflicts? In the, that's why. Because that's the nature and character of Ishmael and the descendants that come from him. Is that every single Arab in the world? No, not every single one. But as a, as a rule, mm-hmm. that's... <clears throat> That's the nature sure. of those people. And if you look at the, the Bedouins, for example, <clears throat> those are the tribal, the, the people that, uh, the Arabs that, that wandered the desert. I mean, they're nomads, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they have these, you know, we talked about it before. They've got these qualities that are amazing. On the one hand, they're the, they're the most hospitable people probably in the world. You, yeah. you show up at their house and you're oh, yeah. a stranger. You're, well, they'll give you everything. They'll feed you till you can't eat yep. another bite. They will treat you like a king. But they're also raiders, right? I mean, they, they gain their wealth by raiding their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that's considered to be, you know, a manly occupation yeah. to go out and steal. To be a thief. From other, but yeah, right, yeah. right. So they don't have biblical values. Like they don't, the, the, what we call the Judeo-Christian ethic yeah. doesn't exist in their culture. Uh, they've got some really good things in their culture, and then they have some things that, that really cause nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, if you kill one of a member of their family, it doesn't matter what it was for, they're, they're going to kill a member of your family, and yeah. then because they kill a member of your family, you got to kill another member of their family. And this goes on and on and on. And that's part of the reason that we have this continuing, ongoing conflict mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the Middle East. Um, so, 
So that was prophesied, but God said, because, because he said, listen to this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord said to, appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer your name be Abraham and Abram, but Abraham, because I'll make you the father of a multitude of nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. I'll establish my covenant with you. So he makes this promise, and, and at one point, Abraham says to God, it's in verse 18 of chapter 17, he says, Abraham said to God, okay, let me back up because it's a little funny. He says, God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name and I will bless her and indeed will give you a son by her. And then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. That's what God says to Abraham. Listen to Abraham's response. Abraham fell on his face then and laughed and said in his heart, will a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? And will Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? (laughs) He's laughing. Yeah. And Abraham said to God, he's thinking God maybe, I don't know, maybe didn't realize what he was saying. Yeah, we we already covered this. So he says to God, oh, that Ishmael may live before thee. In other words, you'll make your covenant with Ishmael. Yep. But God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an, af- for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So that's the point. So we've got these two brothers, yep. two half-brothers, Ishmael and Isaac. And so because of that, because Sarah intervened and gave her Egyptian handmaid to her husband to produce children. She intervened in God's plan, and now we've got these two warring factions, and that's the cause of the ongoing conflict in the Middle East. So, so, um, so now we've got the, the, the Jews kicked out of the land that God promised to them, which we read. I won't go over that again. God promised to give them that land for an everlasting possession. That's what the scripture mm-hmm. says. An everla- I mean, it means it's, this land is yours forever. This land is for you and your descendants forever. And God defined it as the area where, where the, the Amorites and the, the, uh, the Hittites and the Hivites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites were living at that time. And he said, this is yours. And let's, let's just, uh, let me pull it up. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to the laptop. Oops. Bring this over here. And tell me oh, when you, you've I, got it. Is you it up need there? To, it's, it's, you might need to reactivate it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because that's not. Right. Soon, coming here any second. Coming in three, two... One uh, and wouldn't you know? And oh, now it's. <laughs> I try unplugging the capture card. Replug. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, just go back to go back to the cameras. The while you do that. We're sorry, but we're experiencing technical difficulties. It's just the first time today. No, it's not. It's not the first time today. <clears throat> so we'll show you this in just a second. Um, 
so so I'll just go. So in 1917, the Balfour Declaration was uh, declared that that Britain should give all that land back to the people of Israel, and they didn't do it. They just said, "No, we're not going to do it." And then in 1922, <clears throat> I mean, just holler as soon as we've got that back up. That's not what you have on your screen right now. Nope. No. We've got the. Uh, Well, we had it before, didn't didn't we have it before? Did we have the map up there before? Yeah, it was the working. Was on the it, was, it was working, but let me, let me monkey around this a little bit. Okay, It's a Mac, yes. Yes. And then, well, no wonder you brought an apple in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull up the map. Okay, it's yesterday. I'll pull up the map. On. Yeah, I don't. Um, the thing is that I need to be able to do this. See, if you watch, I need to be able to to, oops, to do. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be able to do. Scrolling to the left and right. Yeah. To do this, oh, okay. you know, because I want to show some specific areas here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. But that's not showing up at all. That's weird. I, you know what? Let me try unplugging this and. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Did it work? One sec here. Okay. <laughs> we, you know what we need? Music. We need music. Well, you could do another ad. Oh, we could. Yeah, might as well just knock it out. <laughs> yeah. It's recorded, though. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Uh, it's all right. Just, just keep. That, that's, uh, that's, that sucks. That's weird. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got a fix for that for the next show. Do you? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, you know what? We're going to have to probably do it after the show here. Wait, wait, I've got yeah, no we idea. can't do yeah. this stuff during no, the I show, you guys. Maybe next week, if you come in early, we could... Uh, I understand. Could, here's, here's what I'm asking you a question. Does this camera work? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you tilt this camera oh. down? And, yeah, that and might just work. grab the screen right here. Let's do that. That's the old-fashioned way. Yep. Oh, hey, look at that. Hey, there hey. Quick, quick thinking. There you go. I mean, some parts are, are, are uh, invisible, but... So this is... So can you see the cursor? Can you see my cursor yep. moving around there? All right. So right here is where Abram started. And he was called by God to go, and he went way up here, followed along this river right there, went all the way up to about here, right there, right next to Aleppo. And that was Haran in biblical times. And then he went down like this to and entered into what says, where it says Jerusalem there. That was, that was uh, Canaan. And this area, this whole area right here, right here, where you see Jordan, Iraq, Syria, all this land was known as the Fertile Crescent. And that whole area, it was called the Fertile Crescent because it was very fertile. I mean, this is, this is basically desert here, but this part right up here is known as the Fertile Crescent, which is uh, um, just an amazing place. And the, uh, you can grow a lot of stuff there, and, and, and the Israelites did. But then when, in 19, 1922, basically 
the British lopped off 77% of this land and they gave it to, to King Abdullah, who was the king of Transjordan, which is now known as Jordan. And there was just this little piece here left for Israel. And here, I'll show you with my little pointer. So this was what was left. And then they, uh, they cut that in half again and left the Jews with this much, which is about 12% of what the land was initially. Then, uh, through the years, this little section right here, which you see in, in dark pink here, let me pull this up. This dark pink area, which is now listed as Palestine, because that was originally also part of Israel. So that would have looked like this. Um, and this little section down here, that says Gaza, that's also part of Israel. That also would have been pink, so that's, that's Israel as well. But now Gaza is, is run, the Israeli government, there's this concept of land for peace, which the Israelis went along with uh, for many years, started at, during the time of, uh, of Arafat. And they basically said, you give us some of this land and then we'll have peace, mm-hmm. and then we won't attack you anymore. So they give them a peace, and then they'd, uh, a few years later, they'd attack him again. And then they no, no, we want that now. And then they give him that piece. And then they'd attack him again. And so the problem is that when you have one party who's lying to get what they want and one party who's telling the truth and they just want to have no more hostility, mm-hmm. the ones who want no more hostility tend to believe the other party when they say, just give me this much more and then I'll be done. Okay, good. Because why? Because we believe what we want to believe. And they want to believe that these other guys want peace as well. But the reality is that the other side, in this case, these Arabs, they want all of Israel. Arafat actually said, we're going to push, we're going to push the Israelis into the sea and drown them all. That's the Mediterranean Sea there on the left. And that's what they've continued to try to do. So, so the land for peace concept is a progressive incremental strategy where they get more and more and more of Israel until there's nothing left for the Jews to live in. That's why Gaza, uh, and they even gave the the Israeli government, allowed the people in Gaza to elect their own local government, and they elected Hamas members to, to, to lead the government in Gaza, and that's where the attack came from, from Gaza. Right? That's what just happened. So... So if Israel was to be returned to its... Now, in, there, was a, there was a war in 1958, the Six-Day War, where the, where the Israelites, again, were taken off guard, but in order to survive, they started fighting back, and they actually took back some land. They actually mm-hmm. got land back and actually expanded their borders a little bit. But then they, since then, have allowed that to go back to, to Arab nations. So there's a lot more to it, but, but well, that, that's uh, essentially what, what happened. So uh, quickly, I mean, if you go back to the map, yeah. so you see Gaza on there, mm-hmm. and it's really small, you know, yeah. compared to uh, Israel, it looks like. And, you know, I mean, so Israel... The rest of Israel. So Israel is just, I mean, they're, you know, just turning them to rubble. So, I mean, why would Gaza even attempt that unless that Iran or somebody was the ones that told them to do it? Yeah, so that's a good question. How do you define... I mean, that would be like me sending my kid to go fight an adult. Yeah, well, I think that... The, so we have to look at the political 
the, the, some of the, the political stuff that's going on, right? So some of these, so if we look at the, can we, do we see the map again? Okay, so you can see Israel here. Israel is surrounded by, they've got Egypt on one side, that's a Muslim nation. Jordan on the other side, a Muslim nation. Syria's up here, they're Muslim. Uh, Saudi Arabia is, is Muslim. Iraq, they're basically surrounded by, um, by countries that hate them. And yet, in, in recent times, some of these countries, like Egypt, have begun to be less hostile and, and start actually working a little bit with and, and, and being willing to sign peace accords. With, you know, that happened with President Trump while he was in office. The radical portion of Islam doesn't want that to happen. And so they see their ability to motivate their fellow Muslims to anger and action against Israel dwindling if they see those guys starting to get along with Israel, hmm. right? So they got to do something. And a lot of people who study this stuff, they think that that was part of the reason that they did this because they want their Muslim neighbors to, to get back on their side and be hostile towards Israel instead of friendly with Israel. No, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So, uh, ultimately, what's going to happen is, uh, according to Scripture, a war will break out, and there will be tremendous... I mean, we'll probably, based on, I think, a, a pretty reasonable reading of Scripture, we'll, get, we'll be right on the brink of World War III, right on the brink. And someone will step forth and make peace make peace with Israel and the, uh, and the other Palestinian or Arab nations. And they'll sign a peace accord. They'll sign a seven-year peace treaty. And there will be peace for three and a half years. But in the middle of that peace treaty, at the three and a half year mark, the one who signed that, who, who brokered that deal, himself will turn and attack Israel. And that will be the beginning of the end. The one that brokers the peace treaty, the seven-year deal, actually is the one that's known as the Antichrist. And so he will be the one that then turns and attacks Israel halfway through. He breaks his own treaty. Uh, and that's when things get really, really bad. I, that's a day that I personally don't want to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some people think Great. that'd be exciting. Oh, it'll be exciting, but it'll be uh, death and bloodshed on a scale like you've never seen. Well, so I'd rather miss out on that part. Well, you know, I mean, that's probably an obvious answer, but you see... Uh, you know, Russia and Ukraine, and then you got, you know, this going on. And, you know, obviously Russia is kind of friends with China, but everybody's talking about World War III. Wouldn't you, I mean, why wouldn't China step in and say, hey, guys, uh, we're going to back the U.S. here so we can just stop everybody from attacking each other? Yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting question. First of all, you have to understand that China is a despot. It's run by a despotic regime, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they are those. I heard from someone who's an expert on China. Actually, came from China. Said, said, most Americans would not believe if they knew how wicked and cruel the president of China really is. Mm -hmm. um, the things that he does to his own people are unbelievable. I mean, gut wrenchingly hideous. So China is not a. It's not run by clear-thinking people, right? They're run by really wicked, evil, probably demonically possessed men. What, what's to say that they just don't look at it and just, I mean, they're so enormous. They're like, well, 
you know, why would we even bother with this? I mean, we're so huge compared to it. It's like, it's not even worth our time. And yet, so, but what is China doing? China's reaching out to Iran. Yeah. And they're trying to cozy up to them. Do you know what China does to Muslims in their country? They kill them. Mm -hmm. They torture them to death. Iran is a Muslim, not just a Muslim country, but they are the biggest financers of of Islamic terrorism around the world. The biggest funders of Islamic terrorism around the world. That's Iran. So why would they cozy up to China, knowing what China is doing to the Muslims who live in China? Well, apparently they're, they're blind to reality as well. But the really interesting part is that all of this fulfills what the scripture says is going to happen in the end times. Because the major players in the end times are Israel, Iran, China, and Russia. Mm. You know who's not a major player in Scripture? Us. United, us, yep. United States. So <clears throat> it would be good for us to pay attention. The Scripture says that, that whoever blesses Israel will be blessed, whoever curses Israel will be cursed, and that any nation that, that goes against Israel will ultimately be destroyed by God himself. <clears throat> won't be these Israelis using anti-tank weapons or nuclear weapons or whatever. God himself says that he will stand and destroy every nation that goes against Israel. Well, because uh, like Ben Shapiro, he, he points out that, you know, Iran would just be completely foolish to, you know, try to start a war with the U.S. Because he says that the U.S., I mean, we are so, we're a war power that like nobody can even touch and it, I mean, we would just we would flatten them in a day, is what he claims. Like we did with Iraq. I mean, we could it could be twenty seven hours, you know. And yet, and yet, we've got someone in the White House who's been draining <laughs> our military <laughs> yeah. uh, resources, right? Draining our energy resources, giving uh, our stuff to the enemies. How much? Giving it to the enemies, literally giving it to the enemies, right? Yeah. So the the pullout that Biden did where he left behind how many how many billions of dollars of high tech military gear for for the terrorists mm-hmm. to get their hands on i mean <laughs> was that an accident i i guarantee that wasn't an accident i don't think that Bi- biden is so much stupid as he is evil you uh, know I, you know i just thought of something too um something that people are i think that they are forgetting and this happened just you know not too long prior to Gaza, you know, attacking Israel. Uh, didn't Biden trade the merchant of death over to, uh, what was it? Well, I guess that was, that, that was Russia, right? You know what I'm talking about, yeah. don't you? Yeah, it was some prisoner swap. I don't oh, remember oh, what yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. The, biggest, the biggest arms dealer <laughs> right. yeah. in the world. Yeah. So maybe uh, the people in Gaza uh, were able to get their hands on some weapons because that guy's back out on release yeah uh, well wasn't he ukrainian or russian yeah but he, but, anyway. but he he sold arms to the entire world yeah right when, right when barack obama was in the white house he loaded up a cargo plane a military cargo plane with cash literally millions hundred i don't know a hundred million dollars 150 I, I forget the number and flew it directly to iran it was supposed to be for humanitarian aid. Mm-hmm. And when a reporter asked one of the leaders of Iran, uh, are, so are you going to use that money for humanitarian aid? His response was actually quite honest. He said, we'll use the money for whatever we want to use it for. Yeah. yeah. 
let me ask, when it's one government to another government, I mean, we give money to other governments all the time. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, usually (laughs) we don't fill an airplane full, though. But we usually don't give them cash, do we? right. No, we make a transfer. We do bank transfers. Mm -hmm. We do this electronic stuff. Why cash? Why Why didn't those pilots go somewhere else? (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Why didn't they go to Grand Forks Air Force Base and have a little distribution center going on? Uh, (laughs) But but do do you understand? Who works with cash? Terrorists do. People that want to buy stuff without any trace of what they're doing. I mean, real people, good people use cash as well. But for example, let, let's just step back and let's just do a quick little analysis of the whole monetary issue. In the United States right now, <clears throat> if somebody gives you $11,000, if they give you uh, $10,000 or anything over $10,000 and you go and deposit it in your bank, even if you know someone that works at that bank, you deposit, do you know what happens? Other than your bank account gets $10,000. Uh, IRS finds about it right away. They find out, right, they find mm-hmm. out about it right away. How do they yep. do that? How yep. do they find out about the it? The bank tells them. The bank tells them. Mm-hmm. Why would the bank tell them? Because they have to. Because they have to. They have to because of a law that was passed from the federal, on the federal level mm-hmm. called the Know Your Neighbor Act. That's what it's called. Yeah. The Know Your Neighbor Act. Narc on Your Neighbor Act. Narc on Your Neighbor yeah. Act. Mm-hmm. And the premise is if someone's depositing $10,000 in cash into their account, it's probably drug money. Yeah. Because who'd be depositing $10,000 if it's not drug money? I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember Venmoing anybody when I was buying drugs in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. So... You take PayPal? <laughs> so, so American citizens, American citizens are under the microscope if you make a $10,000 or more deposit in your savings or checking account. But we send millions of dollars in cash to the largest sponsor of global Islamic terrorism in the world? Does that make sense? Of course not. Unless your goal is to fund terrorism around the world, it makes no sense. But if Barack Obama's goal was to fund terrorism, was to provide lots of greenbacks for their activities, then it makes perfect sense. Yeah, he did a good job. He did a good job. Uh, for, that's for those what he was guys. doing, yeah. That's what he was doing, which is something that you know many of us were saying uh, before he was even elected. When you look at his background, you look at his past, you look at his, his, uh, you know, his involvement with, with guys like Saul Alinsky, who, who was a Marxist, who wrote the book The Rules for Radicals, and, and um, the, the, the guy that I think was probably his real father. You know, he talks about the guy named Frank in one of his books. He says, Frank was like a father to me. And in the book Dreams of Our Fathers, mm-hmm. right. Well, there was a literal Frank Marshall Davis who was heavily involved in his life. There's a guy that wrote a book, he published a book, has a picture of Barack Obama's mother naked in the living room of Frank Marshall Davis. So going back to... (laughs) And and he says, you know what? You look at Barack's picture, you look at the picture of Frank Marshall Davis, he looks a whole lot more like Frank Marshall Davis than he looks like that goat herder from... from, uh, um, 
Where was it that he's supposed to be from? Uh, yeah, Bahamas, uh, sorry. Jamaica, Bahamas, Hawaii, <laughs> Japan. I don't know. Anyway. But, and I think that's the reason that he wanted to cover up his birth certificate from Hawaii, because it would show sure. who his real father was. Um, so Not where he was born. Yeah, uh, It was Riley Gaines, I remember, that we did that trade for the Merchant of Death. But now Biden, he just traded. No, um, Riley, not Riley Gaines. Or no, um, the it, basketball player. The, right. The, oh, the, Griner. Yeah. Brittany yeah. Griner. Don't confuse those two. Yeah. Yeah. Riley um, Gaines yeah. is a great American. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, Griner's a. But now, did he, he made another trade? And remember, he got, he, uh, what, what did we get? Five Americans, and then he gave them six um, billion dollars. Was that before or after this attack? It was I, before. I'm pretty so, sure. So he gave, he gave them, uh, I think, three terrorists yeah. and $6 billion right. yes. for right. five Americans. Right. And he yep. did that right before, before this war. Yes, right. Do you yeah. think I there's believe, a coincidence? Right. Yeah, I, no. So, September 19th. Well, that's when he did the trade? A few weeks before. Yeah. Iran. Good. It was a few weeks before? Yeah. yeah. September 19th, the attack was October 7th. Oh, wouldn't you know? Thank you, Dean. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What a surprise. What a, qu- what a quinky dink. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, America needs to, the American people need to recognize that the enemy is not only here, the enemy is holding office in our country. And we need to elect real Americans mm-hmm. who love this country and who don't want it destroyed. I mean, I, we can't undo history and we can't undo... Uh, <clears throat> what the Bible says is going to happen in the future because the Bible writes the future as if it's history, right? This is what's going Mm -hmm. to happen. You can count on that just as surely as you can count on the things that already have happened because God said this is what's going to happen. So the fact that the United States isn't there means that we're gone. We're we're, we're a non-player, whether we're third world status or we're just completely irrelevant because we've become so weak economically, militarily, socially, spiritually, that we, we just have no, we're just not a player. Um, that's really sad to me. Uh, I would love to see another revival. I'd love to see people come back to God and to Jesus and to change the dynamics of this whole thing. But according to Scripture, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So um, all we can do is, I, you know what, the Scripture says that, that each man is responsible for himself. God judges our hearts. So if you live in a country where you are for Israel and you're... I mean, I pray for Israel every day. Uh, if you're for Israel, even though the rest of your leadership in your country isn't, I don't think that God's going to hold you responsible for what the leadership does. But boy, we better not be fooled into thinking that somehow the victim is actually the aggressor, which is the narrative that's been pushed for the last 30 years. We better recognize Israel has been trying its best to bring peace to the Middle East mm-hmm. and to live there in peace, and they just want to be left alone. Uh, they took a, a, I mean, it was a wasteland when they went back there in 1948, and they irrigated and they farmed and they dug and they worked incredibly hard. I mean, they took these these malaria-infested swamps and turned them into a a lush paradise uh, through their hard work. That's something that the the nomads that were wandering through, the Arab nomads, they didn't ever do that. They just, they just yeah. passed by it. Mm-hmm. Prior to, to 19, I believe it was 1967 or 68, no Arab would be allowed to be called a Palestinian. <clears throat> they rejected that term. The only, they said the Jews are the Palestinians. They're Palestinian Jews. We're Arabs. 
But after they won the 19th, after, the, after Israel won the 68 war and all the wars in between, starting with the war in 1948 against them, when they were just a fledgling nation, it became obvious that they couldn't be defeated militarily. And so then the war became a war of propaganda. And then the Arabs started saying, no, we're the real Palestinians and this is our land and this is, and that's how they, that's how they, and they've been playing that narrative ever since. And a lot of people still believe it. All right. I, I think that's a good wrap to uh, the war on Israel. I think next week, let's get into uh, more of a global scale on all this stuff. Well, Israel is at the center. Yeah. I mean, you've got to mm-hmm. realize that if you read scripture, whenever God gives directions, um, it's always from the perspective of Israel sure. as the starting point, right? East, west, north, south, because in God's eye, the, the scripture calls Israel the apple of God's eye. And it says that Israel will live forever as a nation before him. And so everything that happens in the world, somehow, especially in these days and moving forward, will happen related to Israel. All right. Thank you. My pleasure, John. Thank you. That was really educational the last four shows. I didn't know anything I know. about yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, it is. Well, praise God. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Executive Properties uh, for bringing you the Great Reset Hidden Agenda today. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And also call Executive Properties now for snow removal this winter, and I bet you you didn't call them yet, and I bet you you're really not happy with yourself this morning. Uh, Make sure you give them a call, all right? Hey, we want to wish all of you a happy Halloween from all of us here at Grand Forks Best Source today. If you're out about tonight, be careful. Uh, If you're going to be driving anywhere, be careful. The roads are glare ice, all right? We will... Oh, 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 what do you need? You just made me think of something. The roads are going to be glare ice, and there are going to be lots of children on the roads. Be careful. All right. Uh, remember, everybody, like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way. And you know what? If you would like to get some Grand Forks Best Source merchandise, go to GFBS dot, uh, gfbsmerch.com. GFBSmerch.com. There you go. Oh, boy. You know, we love the Grand Cities. It's a great place. Grand Forks Best Source is giving it an identity again.